This is Roof English Radio with Darren Adam, daily English language radio from Iceland's national broadcaster, Roof. Hello, this is Roof English Radio and I'm Darren Adam. Thanks very much for your company once again. It's a Monday afternoon, the day before Halloween. We've got a special programme on Halloween, all about the history or the lack of history, I guess, of Halloween in this country tomorrow. But today, it's another episode of The Week in Iceland. Quite a few things have been happening. The ground has been shaking here in Reykjavik. We'll touch on all of that with my guest today, Ari Paul Carlson from Roof, my colleague here at Roof. Afternoon to you. Thank you, thank you. Did you feel the tremor earlier? Yeah, I was actually in the studio. I was uh, I was recording uh, a news article. Uh, I was yeah. recording uh, a story where I found it. I, I felt it. Did, did that come? Do we know from the earthquake swarm on Reykjanes? Because there were there was another earthquake um, just over towards the east at roughly the same kind of time. So I was a bit surprised to feel it because we've not felt anything in this swarm yet, have we? No, we haven't. Uh, we haven't felt any uh, shaking in mm. uh, the, the last past two two days. Two days, yeah. Eight thousand earthquakes now. Yeah, around that. Yeah. yeah. I was speaking to someone outside of Iceland recently who thought that sounds terrifying that we just live constantly with earthquakes. <laughs> well, you don't feel most of them, and of course, it's not the earthquakes that are really significant, though they can be. It's what they might be leading up to. Yeah, exactly. Another yeah, and- eruption. Yeah, they, you know, they indicate uh, only one thing: it's uh, it's volcanic volcanic eruption. Yeah, and we don't yet know. The scientists don't yet know if the signs are definitely pointing towards that, but it's it's, it's yeah, it's, it's kind of likely. I, I I would definitely say that, but uh, but there's there's no way they can predict it. Yeah, uh, it's crazy, isn't it? That that peninsula, the Reykjanes Peninsula, does nothing for what eight hundred years. Yeah, <laughs> some parts, yeah, eight hundred years, and some, yeah. some, in some parts, even a few, few thousand years. Yeah. So who knows? Before Christmas, we might be looking at this once again. I know a lot of us here are hoping that if it does happen, well, two things. Firstly, that it starts to happen sooner rather than later, so it doesn't erupt on Christmas Day, which would be inconvenient. <laughs> but also. Very seriously, one one eye on the Blue Lagoon, Blau Lunith, because that's a big tourist attraction. The last eruption didn't affect it at all. This one, or at least this earthquake swarm, is very close to the Blue Lagoon, isn't it? So there are two places the Met Office is uh, looking towards. It's uh, the the area near Faradarsfjall, where we have got the last uh, three mm. well, three eruptions. And then the new place, Svartsinki, which is uh, just... Uh, Basically, the Blue Lagoon. Yeah. The yeah. The, the middle of the uh, Landris. The land rise. The yeah, land yeah. rise. The uplift of the land. Yeah. yeah the the yeah, uplift yeah. of the land is uh, is the middle of it. Is the Blue Lagoon. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, obviously, it's quite a. Uh, it's quite frightening, maybe for, for the Blue Lagoon. And we should say, of course, that. I mean, no one that goes to the Blue Lagoon is in any danger. At this no, point. definitely the, not. The, definitely the not. risk is that if it does happen, there'll be plenty of notice, but the risk is that if it, it, it does happen, it could happen at the Blue Lagoon. You could have an eruption at the Blue Lagoon. No one's in danger here, we should stress no, that. No, no, no. No one's in danger, and it's it's less likely than likely yes, that it will yes, happen. Yes. It's, it's, but but it could happen. But they're, they're saying it's... Uh, it's not that likely, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. and also it could. This could just mean another eruption at Faradalsfjall, 
the, the mm. eruption site. Where it's happened before you. Yeah, mean. that's yeah, probably yeah. the most likely. I guess it's because the ground is softer there, the magma's made its way through there before, and so it can do so again. No, I'm no weather expert, but Me yeah. Either. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, we, we follow this this story throughout Lee. Well, you, I mean, you remember, of course, just a few months ago when, when this happened. My first time at Roof, your first time at Roof as well? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And we were looking at it, <laughs> we're looking at a screen for a week straight, just waiting. Waiting, waiting. Mm. There was a sweepstake, right? At least there was a board up in the office and everyone put their initials up, whether or not they thought the yeah. eruption was going to happen. Did you get that right? No, I, I didn't. <laughs> but I was actually, I was I was on live radio when it happened. Okay. I was, uh, and uh, we were talking, I was talking about like, it's probably going to happen soon because yes. I'm getting annoyed. Because last year, in mm. August 2022, it was the same way. To be honest, I thought it would hold off until next summer because it's establishing itself as a kind of tourist attraction. Every yeah, like year. a summer thing. Yeah, I- yeah. Icelandic summer thing. The exactly. Icelandic summer. Come to Iceland and yeah, we and, we uh, guarantee an eruption on Reykjanes. <laughs> well, I mean, all eyes are on it, certainly. And as I say, the hope is very seriously that it stays away not just from the Blue Lagoon, but all of the infrastructure around there, the town of Grindavik, certainly on the yeah. south coast, doesn't and want to be affected also, by this. Uh, a power plant. The power plant, indeed. And the, the main road, or, or either of the roads, either the road uh, that runs to and from the airport or the road on the south coast. Yes, and e- even if if it erupts, it might be kilo- kilometers away from yeah. any infrastructure or, or tourist attractions. So, mm. And you would always have uh, many days, probably. Yes. Yes. And that's the other thing I've had to explain to people outside of Iceland. This thing is not going to go off with three minutes' notice. No. There's going to be a lot of warning, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, lots of warning, lots of news. You know, the, the Met Office, is. Uh, we, we're constantly speaking with them. Yeah. Like, uh, they are inspecting the area just uh, day and night. Yeah. And they might be the best people in the world at working all this out. Yeah, probably. Yeah, they, <laughs> We have lots of... Great experts here in Iceland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you hear a lot of them here on Roof as well. So nothing to worry about. Whatever happens, it'll be fine. It's not going to go off without any warning at all. But, of course, if there is warning, if and when, we'll bring that to you here on Roof. Um, I want to stay, well, not just in the, the Reykjanes Peninsula, but in, in areas that are near Reykjavik. The University of Akureyri Research Centre has reported on the impact of remote working since COVID, since the pandemic. And they've looked at people that live outside of the capital, but drive in or, or travel into the, the capital to do their work. So that would be uh, Akranes, it would be people living on the Reykjanes Peninsula, it would be people in Selfoss and Kivaragerði, that sort of area, South Iceland as well. And the long and short of this of it is that one third of workers have changed their habits. One third of workers are more likely to work from home than they did before. Do you think something has permanently changed with people's work habits? Yeah, it seems that way. But uh, this was a study by Simon Gisler, an expert at the research center at the UA, University of Akure. Mm. But... Um, yeah, I, I would say the uh, in in many professions, many uh, employees in the government, in the ministries, in, in the ministries, for yeah. example, they they tend to work at home some parts of the week. Yeah, it's getting it's getting more uh, accepted. Yes, it's getting more popular, and uh, you know workplaces are getting much more uh, more mm. flexible. 
obviously working in news, you need to be out on the road with a microphone on your hand sometimes. You need to be in the office for a variety of reasons as well. I mean, what's your preference? Because I remember when COVID happened and this was thought of as a change that was going to be permanent. I thought, well, hang on a minute. Let's wait till COVID's no longer a problem. Then we'll decide if it's a good idea or not, rather than being sort of forced into changing these habits. What's your preference? My preference, uh, I would prefer going to the office most most of the days. Yeah. But yeah. I I think I could manage uh, writing a few articles at home. Just uh, it depends. It's it depends on the subject. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I yeah. can I can get on the road, catch the uh, interviews, and get home and and do it there. Mm. But uh, you know, working at a at a news agency, you need the the conversation uh, between the because yes. uh, they're quite sort of gossipy places, aren't they? So you you <laughs> want to have that interaction between people. Yeah, and also also just the speed uh, and, and yes. the thr- thrill of just the thrill of getting into the newsroom, mm, mm. chatting to my colleagues about what's happening in Iceland. Uh, it's so super important. Because obviously COVID's not gone away, but it's not equally posing the same threat that it did in 2020 or 2021. That's obvious. Mm. And yet it does seem from this study that there have been some permanent changes, or at least there there have been changes that are still in effect. One third of people changing their habits. 40% of people in South Iceland say they travel to work less than they did since COVID. So that's 40% of people who live in South Iceland and would drive into uh, Reykjavik, people in Kvergevi or Irabaki or, or Selfos, I guess. It is reckoned by the author of this report that uh, Hetlisevi closing all the time because of snow might have something to do with that. People thinking, well, I'm not going to risk that road closing. I'm just going to stay at home and do my work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that makes sense. You know, it 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 closes uh, a lot. It closes uh, quite a lot during yeah, the winters. It's closed already once this year, hasn't it? On one occasion for a few hours. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. I remember. Quite a few years ago, we were driving from Reykjavik to uh, Selfoss. And, you know, the weather in Reykjavik had been fine, a little bit of sleet, a little bit of wind, but not really a problem. By the time we got up onto that part of Route 1, it was a blizzard. It was a whiteout. You couldn't see anything. And I remember, I'll always be grateful, hanging on to the red taillights of an Aimskip lorry that was in front of us that was crawling really slowly over the mountain guiding light absolutely yeah my, my guardian angel our guardian angel that day so if you are listening thank you very much for, <laughs> for, for guiding us safely to Selfos. all right let's take a look at the icelandic postal service is it something before we get into this story is it something that you use very much do you get mail i don't really get mail no no i actually i changed my uh my lawful, uh, my uh, residence. My residence. Yeah, yeah. I, I changed it a few, uh, a few months back. I forgot to change it back, and so my mail went to my my residence. I didn't okay. even notice. I, I I got it all by email. So, <laughs> and then then when I went to yeah. get my mail, uh, I had already seen. You've seen it all I've seen, electronically. I've seen it all. Yeah. Everything up. The head of the Icelandic Postal Service is unsurprised by the ranking that's been given to the Postal Service uh, in terms of other countries. It is the worst of all European nations. It's about halfway down the list of all the... In fact, it's lower than halfway down yeah. the list, 93 out of 172. And a lot of people, when we published this story, commented about the bad experience of the Icelandic Postal Service. Now, I'm like you. I don't have much cause to use it 
bought a, a new car in the last few weeks, or new to me at least, and I think I was saying in a previous episode, that all the registration is done electronically. You don't need to wait for a piece of paper. You don't need to post anything off to your insurance company. It's all done electronically. So we don't really get bills like you. We don't really get mail. So we haven't had much chance to see if it's a good postal service or not. According to the people that use it, and of those people, the ones that got in touch with us, it is not a very good postal service, it seems. I actually never order anything online because uh both because uh, the 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 uh the tolls and the uh the duty and the fees the du- and duty, the taxes the fees, yeah the tariffs yeah. uh well one of the complaints we had not that we had but one of the comments we had is that there is no sort of transparency with those fees you just have to pay them it's never really explained mm-hmm. that exactly yeah. in in my rare occasions I've just paid it. <laughs> I've never, and I, I don't blink an eye. I just, uh, I don't, I don't want to get into it. I, I know it's because I know it's going to take forever to get that uh, explanation. One of the other problems that's been noted here by the boss of the postal service, and this is uh, Thorhilda Olaf Helgadottir, director of Iceland's postal service, who, who basically says, "Yeah, we know we've got a lot of work to do. We know it's not great." Mm-hmm. But one of the categories that we did very badly in is connection with other countries. And she makes the point that Iceland is an island, and so therefore it's going to be more difficult to move post from Iceland to Germany than it is from Belgium to Germany. But other countries are islands too. Yeah. <laughs> and they seem to to manage to get mail to and from their places, from their countries, don't they? Yeah, they do. But uh, we have to keep in mind that uh, it's not... You know the postal postal service in Iceland is it's not that well integrated to our culture. We we don't really like use it. Uh, yeah, yeah. We don't really use it. No, uh, yeah. the, the consumers in Iceland don't really order things online because we know <laughs> we we get it late. We have to pay a lot of uh, taxes and, ter- yeah. and uh, tariffs and, and duties. So we don't really do it. You know, it's but but as we said as well, so much of what in other countries is sent by the post is done electronically here. You don't get a bit, an electricity bill on a piece of paper. You don't get that kind of, even even bank statements, everything happens in the app, doesn't it? Everything happens electronically. Yeah, it, it does. And uh, even if you, like, if you get a, a a notice that you haven't paid your bills already, you you probably have already paid it when you get the letter. Yes, yes, yeah. I think I once had a reminder for something that I'd paid weeks previously. Yeah. Let's turn to, I mean, God, this seems like a long time ago, but it's just a few days ago, when it seems like the entire adult female population of Iceland went out on strike for Women's Strike Day, 24th of October. This was the biggest of its kind since the original event in 1975. And, I mean, the police estimates of the number of people in Reykjavik city centre, we're up to 100,000, which alone is a quarter of the population, isn't yeah, it? So yeah. It was just it's a massive day, more. wasn't it? Huge day. It was a huge, huge day. I was I was there. I was here, <laughs> you know, with the rest of the yeah, the the, uh, yeah. the guys of the news agency of, of Roof. Yes. And, uh, yeah, it was a beautiful day. It was uh, huge. I, I went after my shift. I, w- I was done at two. I went to Ardnerhotl. Yes. And, wow, the... <laughs> the this is of, the hill in the city centre yeah. where everything was was happening. Two things. For, firstly, the the population. Uh, no, the uh, the the number of people there. So so much. Uh, I've never seen 
that many yeah. uh, Icelanders gathered to uh, one place, and we we have a lot of gatherings, you know, yeah. around, like yeah. Theology and many gonotti, like uh, a pop pop uh, popular uh, events. But uh, the other thing was like the other thing was it was mostly women, girls, and uh, non-binaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt like I was not invited there <laughs> i i felt like i had to hide but really yeah but but you know I mean, did you feel unwelcome or did you just feel that you weren't obviously part of that group yeah i felt like uh i, f- I didn't feel i wasn't welcome yeah, but yeah. Uh, but uh i felt like uh you but know it wasn't your day no exactly yeah. it yeah, wasn't yeah, my day yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I felt like it wasn't my day yeah yeah i mean what really struck me as well we talk about hundred thousand people just in the capital, but you, as as you know, we were getting footage in from all over the country, from Eilstadir and Isafjörður and Akureyri and yeah. Bildudalur and Patricksfjörður. Lots so of gatherings. In all of these places, even more people were taking part. So if you add up the total number of people who were taking part in that day, as I say, I reckon you're looking at half of the population, half of the adult population mm-hmm. anyway, which yeah. is incredible. It is, and uh, we got lots of photos here we we were we had a live blog going on the, the whole day we were uh, posting pictures from from all over the country mm. lots of stories like in uh, i had this story in uh, akranes mm. where they were not allowed to go they were allowed to go oh this is the bookshop yes, yeah the bookshop this. yeah 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 the uh, the, the four women uh, who work at the bookstore they were allowed to go on a strike but they, it wasn't paid and they decided to mm. stay at work because you know the the salaries are getting paid first uh, of December when yeah. it's Christmas. So as long as they were there, they yeah. would get paid. And uh, yeah. and they were there, but they were knitting. <laughs> <laughs> they just sat <laughs> knitting and reading books. <laughs> I, I I read your report, and what I loved was that they. You know, they obviously didn't care too much for management, I guess, but they said, we love our customers so much that we actually are going to, we don't want to leave our customers yeah. unable to buy books from, from the, the shop. So they did actually serve customers, I think, towards the end of the day. Yeah, they, they did. And also, uh, it's a small community. They, they yeah. probably know a lot of the people coming. Yes. They, they actually said most, it was mostly women that came to the store that day, mm. obviously, because they were on uh, stri- yes. strike. They, yes. they had all the time in the world. Yes. Uh, I had um, one of the, the tasks that I have here at Roof is to talk to and communicate with our European public service broadcaster friends and indeed other public service broadcasters around the world, asking if we had any film of Katrin, the prime minister, you know, doing her job and addressing the crowd. And I said, well, no, she's not doing her job today. She, yeah. <laughs> that's the point. She's on strike as well. So we so, don't have any footage because she wasn't doing that particular you know she wasn't being the prime minister today no she, she wasn't she was uh, she was just she was on strike she was on strike absolutely and i think that was the point of interest for a lot of international broadcasters anyway the day after she said that she thinks full equality in iceland is possible by 2030 and i happened to know that a lot of international eyes were on iceland last week as we mentioned this is the 48th anniversary of the first women's strike it's going to be difficult to sort of top that one, isn't it? Because you had such a big turnout. Yes, 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 yes. It's going to, you know, it's, this is the sixth time, I believe, that the, the women of Iceland go on strike. Mm, mm. This time, uh, non-binary were, uh, they joined. Yes. And uh, it was, 
It was the the biggest since the beginning. It was the yeah. first full day long strike since 1975. And importantly as well, before we leave this story, not just about equality in terms of who does the work and, and people getting the same pay. There was a very, uh, maybe this wasn't part of the original um, cause, if you will, in 1975, but it is now, gender-based violence yes. being addressed as well. That was that was a big, a, a big part of yeah. the day. Okay, um, let's turn to a final story concerning uh, Friedrich Friedrichsen. Yes. Now, a bit of background on this, if you don't mind, for anyone that's not been following this story, it does go back some decades. Where do you want to start with the the, the tale of this individual? Uh, yes, Sira uh, Friedrich. He is uh, is a well known uh, like a uh, figure. Uh, was a great great. Uh, was a key figure in the youth work of Iceland back in the 19th and the 20th century. He was he, he was uh, alive since uh, 1868. He died in 1961, so he he was long, 90, long 93 life. years old. He was yeah. got really old. So this big interview uh, was published on Monday night uh, last week, mm. where Guðmundur uh, Magnússon, historian, is uh, he just released his biography and. Uh, where he is accused of touching little boys, or, or one this one boy. But mm. uh, since then, Stigamot has gotten reports of more incidents. Uh, when he was head of uh, KFUM, which is uh, which runs Vatnaskur summer camp. Mm. So this is basically the YMCA, isn't it, and the YWCA in Iceland? He founded. Yes, he those founded that. Yeah, those yeah, organizations yeah. and uh, sport sporting. Uh, like, uh, it was big youth. Uh, yes. Y- y- Youth work uh, man, <laughs> but uh, he and this week uh, more stories have uh, been published. He had a carved out statue of a naked little boy, which he mm. called uh, Drumpur, which he had in his office. He said, and he was na- yeah, he was naked. He said he's so naughty that uh, wears no clothes, and it's quite a. Uh, I mean, this, I mean, this would have been seen in his office. People would have yeah, yeah, and and the thing is, uh, people have you know raised eyebrows for a long time but yeah. nobody has ever uh, known anything so is this this book then that came out these accusations in this book is this the first time that someone has actually stood up and said or or heard stories from people who have said that this man was up to no good yes the first time the the organizations themselves the, the as we said YMCA YWCA in Iceland mm-hmm say that they're alarmed to hear that story. They say they don't want to spread the story. If it can be revealed that the founder of the organisation was guilty of an offence against children, we consider that settlement will be necessary. So they are certainly saying this is, you know, this is news to us as well. We're surprised mm-hmm. by this too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they released a statement on uh, the, the following day and uh, and they, uh, yeah, they, it's news, news to them. Yeah. And they are willing to just open the conversation and uh it's difficult isn't it because this man died in 1961 yeah he did yeah so this is going to depend on people being believed it's going to depend on people being able to tell their stories mm-hmm. and be heard but also i guess any records that they might have yeah yeah and uh they they opened their record uh, collections to this uh to the historian mm-hmm. and uh and he read, what he read there was, 
quite disturbing in the light of the UK accusation. Mm-hmm. Lo- lots of uh, letters that, uh, yes. and and the the book is quite thick. You know, it's, it's quite a, quite a read. Is there any anything in the book that explains why it took so long for these stories to be heard? Because it is a very long time, as we say, since he died. It's it's a very long time, but uh, I haven't read the book personally. But uh, I guess we'll just have to yeah. find out. Yeah. And this case is a case that's probably gonna take time to yes. uncover and yes. un- unfold. Well, I think we all hope that anyone whose story deserves to be heard can have their story heard and can have their voice heard. The book is by Gudmundur Magnusson. Ari, thank you very much indeed. We've covered a lot of ground there. Yeah. It's been a busy old week and I think. It's been a busy week too. (laughs) All right, thank you very much indeed for guiding us through the week in Iceland. Um, Ari Pautkalfsson here on Roove English Radio. My name is Darren Adam. You can get in touch with us anytime. And of course, we are English at ruv.is if you do want to get in touch, suggest an idea for a show or just say hi, by all means, anytime you want to do that, you're very welcome. English at ruv.is is the email address here on Roove English Radio. There is more from Roove English with all the news from Iceland in English at ruv.is slash English. Roove English Radio is a daily English language radio from Iceland's national broadcaster, Roove.